The Orlando Magic are a train coming down the tracks looking to make the postseason. So let's talk to a team that's already there and probably going to be there again this year. We'll chat with Gavin Shaw of Locked On Knicks to learn a little bit more about the Knicks, where the Magic are coming from, and which one of these teams is going to be in the playoffs next year. We'll get to that and more on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 20th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Eich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to chat with Gavin Shaw of Locked On Knicks. We're going to talk about the Orlando Magic, uh, more specifically about the Magic and their potential to reach the postseason. But we're also going to get into some team building and what lessons you learned from the playoffs and what the Magic can learn from the Knicks and, and why the Knicks are actually... A good team for the Magic to be thinking and aiming for. We'll get to that coming up. We'll get to that and a whole lot more on today's episode of Locked on Magic. Before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked on podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked on and the team you're looking for. The Locked on Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. When we come back, we're going to chat with Gavin Shaw of Locked On. Next, learn about where I, what I feel about the Magic, why the Magic are a team on the rise, and what makes them a team on the rise. Plus, what the Magic can learn from the New York Knicks and why the Knicks are actually a good team to be thinking about if you're the Orlando Magic. We'll get to that coming up on the other side of this title card. All right, guys, as promised, lucky enough to be joined by the host of Locked On Magic, Philip Rossman Reich. Um, as we continue to break down the Knicks competition in the Eastern Conference. So the Magic, uh, Philip, let me know, let me know if you disagree with this. I would assess them as not necessarily a threat to the Knicks this year, but one down the road that New York certainly has to be aware of. Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, the Knicks, the Knicks have a whole lot of depth. They do not have two frontline players with that kind of ceiling. But let, let's take a look at the present for now. What, what's kind of the best case scenario for Orlando this year? I mean, I, I think the best case scenario for the Magic this year is to be what the Knicks were what two two years ago, two three years yeah. ago when they when they got to the when they got to the playoffs for the first time yeah. and really kind of shocked everybody. Um, you know, I, I think you know I, I'm a Northwestern fan, and so like way back in the day with Gary Barnett in the mid '90s, he kind of set the goal of we as a program need to be Iowa, and everyone's like, well, Iowa's okay, like they're they're consistently competitive, but they're not like winning the Big Ten every year. But it was just like, that's kind of the stepping stone you have to get to. Like to, to, to the, where the Magic are at right now 
is they're trying to take that first step. They're trying to get into the play-in tournament. They're trying to play meaningful basketball late in the season. They're trying to feel that playoff pressure. And so when I look at the Eastern Conference landscape, I look at the New York Knicks as sort of where the Magic want to be within the next year or two. Like maybe they'll get there this year. They certainly, I think they have the talent to be a really competitive team. And if things break the right way, maybe the Magic are competing uh, for a six seed and, and for avoiding the play in entirely. But it, in reality, like the Knicks are kind of, the Knicks where they were last year at least, are kind of the team that the Magic are trying to supplant in the next couple of years. And so that's kind of where like I have my eyes of saying, okay, the first step is this. The next step is where the Knicks are at. And that's that's kind of where the Magic are trying to, to get eventually. So let, let's just say that that best case scenario comes true. What does that look like? Does that mean one of Paolo Bancaro or Franz Wagner made an all-star team? Does it mean both of them made an all-star team? And and, and what is, I, I guess, kind of the collective identity? Because in, in the past, and tell me if I'm off on this, I've always been, it's kind of Toronto Raptors-y, right? We're, we're going to have absurd size, absurd length. Last year, you had Bull Bull in the mix, Wendell Carter, Paolo, Franz, everyone on the court, basically 6'10 or taller. Just, just kind of, sort of a walking freak show. And it, it, it worked some nights, it didn't work other nights, but what does it look like this year if, if everything clicks and, and you kind of hit that peak? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think like also all start thing is sort of like a chicken or an egg problem. Like sure. yeah, Paolo Bancaro or Franz Wagner become all-stars if the magic win and the magic win because those two become all-stars. Right. So that's, it's certainly on the table, you know, the kind of rookie season that Paolo Bancaro had is the kind of rookie season you see from, the elite of the elite players in this league. You know, he was being compared to Blake Griffin to, you know, it, it, among Magic fans, like he didn't quite have a Shaq level rookie season. Uh, but, you know, like the Magic probably have not seen a rookie play that well since Shaq back in, in 1993. Yeah. Um, it's, he's certainly on that trajectory. And so for the Magic to kind of take that leap and, and to, you know, avoid the play in and be a solid playoff team, it's going to take, individual leaps from several players. So obviously you start with the stars, Paolo Bencaro, Franz Wagner, you know, maybe Franz Wagner becomes a guy who suddenly looks like he's on an all-star trajectory. Paolo Bencaro adds some efficiency. Now that part of the puzzle is solved. It's getting a fully, it's getting a healthy season from Markel Fultz and seeing how he manages the team with fewer mistakes. It's Jalen Suggs becoming a more dynamic, you know, not only just a dynamic defender, but a more dynamic offensive player, making fewer mistakes, fewer turnovers, fewer of those young team mistakes. So generally, I, I think for the Magic, it's not one big thing that's going to propel them from where they were last year to where they want to be or to the playoffs this year. It's going to be like a series of little things. It's being more mature and turning the ball over less. It's winning some close games that maybe they weren't winning last year. It's managing injuries and having the depth to withstand some of the injuries they suffered last year. It's it's a lot of these little things I think coming together. Um, I you know I, I don't think the Magic are that far from being that team. It's just we haven't seen them do it yet, and and, and I think that's that's kind of the challenge. You know, I, I'm sure you could speak about this uh, with the Knicks in their recent run. Yeah. You know, you see the potential, you see the hope for it, but because they haven't done it, you, you don't quite trust it yet, and that that's kind of where the Magic are at. It's like everyone sees what this team can be. But they haven't done it yet, so no one's quite ready to say like, "Oh, this this team is doing that this year." What what is an ideal team around Paolo Bancaro look like, and and how close is Orlando to achieving that? Because when you when you made the analogy to the Knicks two years ago, I'm like, "All right, well, Paolo's kind of obviously they're they're Julius Randle, and there, there's some similarities there, right? Both super talented, ultra powerful, giant human beings who who can shoot 
a little bit. And, and Julius, like it, it took him now seven, eight years into his career for him to really hit his potential in that. And his potential turned out to be uh, either a 40% three-point shooter on on pretty low volume in a, in a year where there were empty arenas. And that's probably the best case scenario ever. Um, or 34, 35% on, on super high volume, which is what he was at last year and, and that's opened up so much of his game and, and to be clear Paolo is, is obviously going to be the better player he is a higher upside but I think some of the challenges that are inherent to building around Julius are also there with Paolo where and, and maybe the magic have this like you're looking for that center that can protect the rim and also stretch the floor you're, you're looking for guards that um can be lead guards but don't necessarily have to be in and and the offense can run through Paolo but but what, what does it look like to you if, if if Orlando builds this thing right around him yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's obviously the question, you know, the, yeah. the, the first, the first and obvious need is shooting. Like yeah. life is easier when everyone can shoot. And, and you mentioned like having a, a big who can protect the rim and, and step out beyond the arc a little bit, you know, Wendell Carter looks like he's tracking that direction. Um, and, and certainly I think is a, is a really gifted, def- a really gifted and underrated defender around the league. Um, but you need shooting around him. You know, Franz Wagner is an excellent, is, is a pretty solid shooter, but you know, Marco Fultz is still a questionable shooter. I, I, I think Magic fans would tell you he's better than people give give him credit for, but he's still only taking like two three pointers per game and making thirty two percent of those. So it's not yeah. like it's not like you know. De- yeah, I, I say this to my listeners all the time. Your your ability to shoot is not about how many three pointers you make. It's about whether defenses think you can shoot or not. Um, it, it's more your perception as a shooter to, to a defense. A defense is perfectly happy to let Markel Fultz take three, four, three-pointers a game. And if it's the one game where he makes two or three of them, that's that's okay. They'll live with that. Now, if he does that over a month, then they start shifting and changing their defense. So, you know, I think the obvious need for the Magic is to find some shooters to spread the floor around Paolo so they can get him the ball in the low post, use his passing game, use maybe some pick-and-roll actions with, with his size to – to really kind of suck defenders in and, and not have them pack the paint so we can work a little bit freer there. But, you know, honestly, like, I think the biggest thing is that, that this season is about is, is figuring out what this team needs um, and figuring out how this team, how, how defense is, especially if the team can get to the playoffs, you know, you could probably speak to this better than anyone. You don't know your team's weaknesses until you're in the playoffs and, yeah. and opponents can just really like, pick you apart and, and expose your every flaw. You know, the mat, you know, it, I feel like, you know, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong here with my perception of the Knicks is that, you know, there's a little bit more panic because, you know, Julius Randall's an older play, a little bit older, a little bit, probably closer to, to his peak Jalen, you know, Jalen Brunson certainly, certainly in, in that category too. So those flaws become fatal. Whereas like for a young team, like the magic, having your flaws exposed is great because now your young players know what they need to work on. The team knows what it needs to build around. And I feel like that's really kind of the central thesis for the magic season. And, and what this season's really about is like saying, okay, what do we actually need? Like what does a successful Paolo Bencaro team need? How are teams going to attack them in the playoffs? And then we can build out from there. And, and you know, Franz Wagner's a great, I think running mate because yes. yeah, they're, they're of similar size, but Wagner is great cutting off the ball. He's an excellent shooter. You know, he can run some pick and rolls. He doesn't need the ball to be super effective. If anything, Magic fans are always shouting for him to get the ball more because he doesn't have it enough or he doesn't take enough shots, even though he's second on the team field goal attempts. Um, it's it, it, This this season is very much about figuring out what the Magic team needs and, and among a lot of the other players on the roster, figuring out whether they're the right guys to put around around this group. 
Yeah, I, I think, I mean, this is this is almost an aside from where I want to go, but I, I think Franz, his, his I'm going to phrase it as his ceiling, but what I honestly think is his trajectory, because I'm I'm super high on him, is, is just flat out one of the best second bananas in basketball. And, and he has all those role player skills with genuine superstar talent. Like it is, it's a dream. I'm, 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 I'm a little bit jealous despite the despite only the two teams. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that like that Franz is missing is like mm-hmm. that superstar attitude and mindset. Right. Of like, yeah. of like, I'm going to, I'm going to score this. I'm going to score against this defense. And, yeah. you know, he shows that a little bit with Germany, but he still like defers to Dennis Schroeder and like talking to Germany fans during the FIBA world cup. They felt very much like Magic fans who are like, why does Shooter have the ball late in games? I get it. He's the veteran. He's carried this team forever. Yeah. But there were several games for Germany where Shooter nearly shot them out of the game. And it was just like, get Franz a touch. Good things happen when Franz touches the ball. And, you know, I, everyone always tries to like pit like star play, especially young stars against each other. And it's just like, that's just not Franz's makeup. And, and I don't think it ever will be. And so that's going to be the interesting part of, of how these two young guys develop next to each other. Let's take a quick break from our conversation with Gavin Shaw of Locked On Knicks to tell you a little bit more about Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com. Promo code LOCKEDON. Now let's dive back into our conversation with Gavin Shaw of Locked On Knicks. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm going back to watching that U.S. Germany game, and sometimes when Team USA. Uh, obviously we'll, we'll lose sometimes and, and, and recently frequently at the world cup, but it's rarely because, Oh, they just, I mean, sometimes it's a big guy just because they didn't put someone on the roster who was seven to 240 pounds, but you'll almost never see it with a guard or wing player where it's like, Oh, I guess America just didn't produce someone to physically match up with this guy. That's kind of what happened at the world cup. It's like, Oh, we don't really have a six foot 10 shooting guard to throw at him. Like maybe, maybe if everyone came the six foot 10 right? shooting guard, they yeah. had, they had to play backup center last year. <laughs> Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was, that was tough. And, and they're, and they're both Orlando magic. So congratulations um, on that. Um, qu- another quick tangent um, to your, to your point on the Knicks. I, I hear it. And I think it's um, maybe simmering in the background of some Knicks fans minds is this idea that, all right, we are really good right now. And we have this incredible depth and we have a fairly young team, like out of the teams to make the second round of playoffs, like clearly the youngest team, I think in terms of average age by about two years. Um, but our, have our older guys topped out. And in terms of Jalen Brunson, I don't think so. I think there's still another level no. for him to hit. And he, he kind of hit it during the playoffs last year where he was incredible. And he was looking like someone you could 
theoretically describe as a top 10 player I mean, in the league. Like just, just speaking uh, yeah. from the magic perspective, like we saw that in that game in Orlando where Brunson just took over the end of that game. Like that's, if it, like that's what the magic hope Palo is going to become. But if you're going to be successful in the playoffs, you need a guy like Brunson, like that, that's what the magic are. That's what the magic have frankly been hunting since, since T-Mac left is a guy who can just take over a game late and win you a basketball game. And, and the Knicks have that in a guy in Brunson. And he's proven that he proved that with the Mavericks two years ago. He proved that with the Knicks again this year. And that's, you know, that's, that's really what you're after. That's really what you're trying to build around. And the magic think they have that with Paolo. He, he, he showed some flashes of that, but he's also a rookie who made a lot of mistakes. So, you know, you don't, yeah. you don't know yet. I know. And I think to that point, like they almost, they have not their, their finishing piece, right? Because they still, you, you want either that alpha wing or, or a truly dominant big guy, like a Joel Embiid, which uh, I, I know, I know you, you, you might not love it, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed over here. That <laughs> happens one day. Um, but, but point being um, like, I look across the rest of the Eastern conference and last year before the season, we did these future rankings. And I think I had the Knicks something like 23rd, maybe 22nd. Alex had them, I think like more like 15th, 16th, which is probably closer to the truth. The Knicks are like maybe borderline top 10 now. But I still see teams like like the Magic with Paolo, like Detroit with Cade. Um, you, I could, I could just go, I could go through the whole Eastern Conference that theoretically have a young guy that has like a higher ceiling, maybe, maybe than anyone on the Knicks. And and again, that depends on what you think about Brunson and, and where the next step is there. But it, it's sort of this interesting thing for New York, where like maybe there's a superstar trade on the horizon, maybe there isn't, but they're really good right now. But they're not quite good enough to break through. And 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 normally you would have this thought of like, all right, just wait for. Giannis to age out, wait for the Celtics to inevitably break up, wait for the Sixers to inevitably break up. But for the Knicks, like, I don't know if this group, and maybe it depends on, on a role player becoming more of a star, like an Emmanuel quickly or Quinn Grimes. I don't know if they have that ceiling. The beauty of Orlando right now is like, at least, and, and it's kind of the beauty of every team at top, you can talk yourself into them eventually having that ceiling. But to me, for it to work, and you, and this is a very long-winded way of getting there, and I apologize for that, um, yeah. is there enough shooting and what happens at the guard spots? Because I was I was surprised when they took Anthony Black. He ended up looking awesome in summer league. But between Fultz, Black, and Suggs, and, and to a lesser extent, Cole Anthony, that's four guys who seem like they would be best at point guard and all of whom are somewhere between um, poor to uncertain to potentially good shooters, but not there yet. So how, how does that sort out? Because that, that's the big question I have. Yeah, I, I think that's a big question that a lot of people have. I mean, I, I've been thinking a little bit about this. I've been doing some, some, you know, the Magic are celebrating the 35th anniversary this season. So we've been doing some, some history thinking on Orlando Magic Daily. And like we did like the, you know, five worst starters of the Dwight Howard era and the five worst starters of Shaquille O'Neal era. era. And, and like a constant theme just kept popping up with those like championship teams where they were constantly searching for that like fifth starter to like complete their lineup. And it feels like the Magic are kind of in that spot with the shooting guards. You know, like they feel very comfortable with Markel Fultz and, and his future is a little bit up in the air, but they feel pretty comfortable right now for the time being with Markel Fultz. You know, Franz and Paolo have the forward spots. They like Wendell Carter. And so like those two guard spots are certainly the ones that are like very much like if the Magic are going to make significant leap or, or if that star trade, because, you know, the, the Knicks might feel it a little bit more urgently because, because of their relative age. And like you said, the other teams that are starting to, to kind of rise, rise up, you know, I, Orlando, Cleveland, I think Indiana has done some really interesting and good things. I think they're, yeah. they're quite quietly a really interesting team. Um, and the East just in general has gotten better. Like I, I think, you know, sitting here 
a week before, two weeks before training camp. I think every team in the East, save for maybe Washington and maybe Detroit, but uh, you know, you could, I think Washington, Detroit, think fans Detroit could with Kate is, is going to be better. Yeah. Detroit with Kate is going to be a lot better. Um, I, I even think, you know, Washington, if they stay healthy, that's their big thing. They, I just don't think they have the depth, but you know, Washington, you know, they have scoring. Like, I think even they can talk themselves into like, hey, if everything breaks right, if the eight or nine things we need to break right, break right, the play-in's not that hard to reach. Like, it, like it, it's it, the play-in tournament's been a blessing because everyone be, believes they could do something at the beginning of the season. Uh, so the East is the East is a lot better than it used to be. Um, the Magic are going to be one of those teams that if they rise at the trajectory that they think they're going to rise at, they're going to be a team that gets involved in some of these star trade discussions and, and, you know, maybe take the kind of risk that Cleveland took in go, grabbing Donovan Mitchell uh, last year, you know, you know, New York, I think, again, certainly I feel like, you know, my perception is, yeah, I think they were really smart to kind of stay patient and not like push all their chips in, wait for the right guy to push their chips in for. But I think like, they're going to, you know, they're going to start feeling the pressure to push those chips in because yeah. teams like Orlando, Indiana, Cleveland are going to be kind of nipping at their heels to like take, take those spots. And, there's only so many of those spots available. You know, I think we saw even Atlanta get, try and get involved in a Pascal Siakam discussion because they know like they got, they got a strike because they, they may not be able to hold on to what little spot they have for very, yeah. very much longer. Um, Orlando's, I don't think at a, Orlando certainly is not, I think at a point where they're like panicking or saying like, Hey, we got to do this, that, or the other, but they're for the first time going to have to make some decisions on some guys. Um, Markel Fultz is a free agent at the end of the season. Cole Anthony is a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Those will be the first two kind of big money contracts that they hand out uh, in this phase of their rebuild. Um, they got to start thinking about in two years, Franz Wagner getting his potential max extension or Paolo Bancaro a year after taking, getting his max extension. They've been able to play around with money, not meaning anything for a little while, but now they got to start really honestly assessing these players and trying to, and, and this goes for everyone. Like I think everyone on the roster outside of Paolo and Franz you know, is really going to be under the microscope here saying like, is this really the guy that fits us? And to, to your point, that guard room is really, really crowded. Um, you know, I, 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 I've, been, I've been saying to people like, this feels like a make or break season for Jalen Suggs. You know, he's entering year three. He had injuries in his first two years. He looks like a really strong defender, but he doesn't look like the guy that, that you know, Magic fans were like fist pumping and high-fiving that fell to them at number five two years ago. Um, his shooting's been inconsistent and that's putting it nicely. Uh, if he, it, to me, like, honestly, I've told people this, he's either going to be the starter at shooting guard by the end of the year for the Orlando magic, or he could be out of the rotation and they could just say, we're going to give Anthony black a look. Cause at, at this point, Anthony black and Jalen Suggs do a lot of the same things. Black is yeah. an excellent defender who can't shoot. Jalen Suggs is an excellent defender who can't shoot. Um, Black's probably a better playmaker than Suggs at this point too. Suggs is a better yeah. scorer. Um, you know, the Magic are going to have to start making some decisions on some guys. And, you know, if you're looking for a team that is kind of in line to make a consolidation trade and make a more aggressive move next offseason, the Magic might be that team. And so I, I think Orlando, is, you know, Orlando stood pat this summer. The only moves they made, they added the two rookies, Anthony Black and Jet Howard, and then signed Joe Ingles to a, to, to a contract. The only guys they lost off the roster were Bull, were Bull, Bull, and Admiral Schofield, who they dropped down to a to a two way contract from a full full yeah. roster contract to end the season. Um, the the Magic are a team that is going to use this season to evaluate what they have, and then make some hard decisions on some guys uh, next summer, and and that includes potentially you know a free agency for Marco Fultz and, and giving him a deal or not giving him a deal or 
Cole Anthony entering restricted free agency. There, there, there are decisions coming, and, and that guard room is really, really crowded. And ultimately, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to have a Paolo Bencaro not have shooters around. Him. They need shooting, and a lot of their guards are just not good, shoot, good enough shooters at this point. Let's take another quick break so I can tell you a little bit about FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Now let's head back to our conversation with Gavin Shaw of LockedOn Knicks. Yeah, I was I was mystified when, when they took Black, and then, and then you watch him in summer league, and you're like, all right, this guy's maybe just such a yeah. Talent. It's, they, they it's I yeah. mean, my my uh, my draft philosophy, especially when you're drafting that high, is you take the best player available and you figure it out later. Like yeah. like you, you know, at that high in the draft, passing on talent is usually a mistake. Is usually how you get criticized. Is usually how you get criticized. Um, if you're drafting on need, you know, maybe you could trade around a little bit, but you know, you and I, you and I, I think talked during the locked on mock draft. Like I was, I was not super thrilled with what I had. at had at six, six anyway. And so, yeah. you know, I think there are opportunities to trade down, but there's all needs to be someone who's willing to trade up. And, you know, for, for, for whatever you want to say about it, Anthony black checks off a lot of boxes. This magic team, like they like, they like positional size. They like positional versatility. They like, they like what I like to call skill versatility, which, to, which I define as like having a player, who does something at a size and position that is not typical for a player that size and position? You know, a Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner are can run point guard at at six foot ten. There's not a lot of guys that can do that. Anthony Black at six foot seven can play all three positions. You know, I think the Magic will end up playing him a lot at the two or the three uh, this season. He'll probably pair a lot with Cole Anthony and Franz Wagner for good chunks of the year, um, just because you know they they don't have anywhere else to put else to put him and and you know you probably want Cole Anthony in there to shoot to shoot for shoot next to him. Um he's gonna be moved around a lot and, and and it could be a little bit of a rough rookie season for him because I think the skill that he has is is sometimes tougher to translate immediately. But you know they they love they love their size. Like a lot of people criticize the Jet Howard pick and, and I think Jet Howard could be a real big impactor because again the magic needs shooting so desperately. Yeah. Um but everyone was surprised they took him over Grady Dick and, and Jordan Hawkins. But it was just like when you looked, when you actually like stood them all next to each other, it's like, oh, Jed Howard, six foot seven, can play the three. The Magic played him at the four in summer league, and I think that was not by accident. Yeah. Um, the Magic, I, the Magic wanted the size, and and they ultimately chose size over everything, which has kind of been the mo of a Jeff Feltman, John Hammond front office. Speaking of which, uh, Jonathan Isaac, tall guy, can't <laughs> shoot that well, hasn't played in a few years. Um, tantalizing talent back when he was on the court all the time, like he was. 
I, I was always, like, I, like if, if I had to pick someone in the NBA who I would not want to pressure me in a pickup game, 94 feet up the court, he, he might've been the number one pick in that, in that make-believe draft. Um, is he, is he healthy? Is he going to be part of the rotation? What, what's the deal there? All indications are that he is healthy. Um, he, yeah. he, he played 11 games last season. So he did finally come back from the ACL injury in the, in the bubble. Uh, he, he did finally come back was playing very limited minutes and then ended up with a hamstring injury that required what the magic dubbed as minor surgery, which I don't know if there's such a thing as yeah. minor surgery, especially for a guy who hasn't played three years, was dealing with knee issues and knee issues that typically lead to hamstring issues. So who knows, but all indications are that he is healthy. All indications are that he will be, a tra- he will be in training camp. He will participate fully in training camp and that he's going to be good to go for the season. Now, does that mean he's going to play 20 minutes a game? Probably not. He's probably coming off the bench. You know, uh, there's there's a lot of hope that, you know, Isaac can give a little bit. Could, could, you know, even last year, just coming back, he looked really like springy and and like he didn't miss a step defensively. He was still one of the best defenders on the team. Um, so I think the Magic plan to use him as a backup power forward um, and, and see where it goes. I imagine he will not play in very many back-to-backs. I imagine that they will have a rest protocol for him. Unfortunately, um, he's not a star, so we don't have to worry about worry about that. But, um, but at this, you know, yeah, you know, I said this last year. Anything you get from Jonathan Isaac feels like like extra and a bonus. Uh, one of the things I was a little uneasy with what the Magic did this offseason is I didn't think they properly kind of covered themselves in case Isaac has to miss time. Like if if Isaac has to miss significant time, then you're platooning Paolo or Franz as your backup power forward, or you're using a Joe Ingles as a backup power forward, or Jet Howard, like I said earlier, or going big and having Mo Wagner play some power forward, which he can do, but those guys are obviously not at the level of a Jonathan Isaac. And, and so I think a lot is riding on, obviously a lot's riding on Isaac to be healthy and to make it through the season. If he doesn't, you know, his contract next year is fully non-guaranteed for $17 million. He could be a really valuable trade chip at the, at the deadline. If someone's looking to cut some costs and then the magic are looking to add someone of significance. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think it's very similar to the Knicks where, where that's kind of how I viewed the DiVincenzo signing is like, oh, this will help them today. And it will help them um, if they have to trade Emmanuel quickly or Quinn Grimes or RJ Barrett down the road. And I feel like the magic have insulated themselves in, in a similar way. All right. Last question on my end. We, we've talked about the ceiling for the magic, but h- how good do you think they actually are? Like we, you just mentioned everyone in the East um, or if not everyone, the majority of the team can talk themselves into being better this year. Zero sum game though. Some are going to be, some inevitably are going to be worse. Uh, where, where does Orlando fall on that spectrum? I think Orlando is going to be a playing team this year. Um, I, I, I imagine they will fight for the seven, eight game. And I think they'll probably end up falling into the nine, 10 game. Uh, and they'll, they'll get that, you know, to me, the most important thing this year is getting experience playing pressure basketball, you know, playing meaningful games at the end of the season. Um, a lot of people don't know this because you look at the record, they're 34 and 48. It's just like, Oh, that's a kind of more of record. They were the last team eliminated from playoff contention last year. Um, and they were 29 and 25 uh, before they tanked their last three games because they were eliminated from the playoffs. So yeah. they 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 played the majority of last season as a 500 team. You know, 500 gets you into the play uh, at this at this point in the East. If you're if you're winning 40 games, you're you're probably going to be in that play in that play in tournament. You're probably going to be in the nine ten games. So I think you know the big thing for Orlando is learning how to manage a season and, and having the maturity. You know, and I think you know you probably can recognize this with the Knicks, you know, they're a little bit more veteran, but like going from where they were in the the 21 season to the 22 season, that maturity and and knowing that everything doesn't carry over from one season to the next, you gotta, you know, you do have to rebuild everything 
finding consistency is really, really difficult, especially for young teams. And this Magic team is still very, very young. I mean, Joe Ingles is the is the outlier at 35. Like, it, I don't think there's another player on the roster older than 30 on the, 30 currently. Um, they're they're extremely young. They're going to be going through playoff pressure for the first time. They're going to be going through winning pressure for the first time. But this team really believes in what they're doing. They they really believe. You know, they they really bought in last year. They were really really strong last year. They are slowly carving their identity and. The thing with young players is they all should get better, you know, and I think everyone's expecting a lot of players on this magic team to get better. And, and so that, you know, to me, that to me, they should be a playing team. They should be a team that is, that is fighting for a spot in the playoffs, whether they actually get into the playoff picture or not. I don't know. Um, you know, we'll see how things play out, but I expect them to at least be in that nine, 10 game. If not, maybe sneaking into that seven, eight game uh, uh, for the playing tournament. Yeah, I am. I, I can say objectively, they are uh, very high on my non-Knicks teams. I'm excited to watch play. I want to see uh, how the weird co- guard combo works for for anyone in New York watching who did not watch a lot of Orlando outside of when they played the Knicks. Markel Fultz uh, can absolutely uh, end someone's life. He, um, he, he is, is. He is yeah. not Philadelphia Markel Fultz. Like what? Like like honestly, like yeah. Magic fans will shout this as loud as they as they can. If you're looking for a, a most improved player candidate. Yeah. Markel Fultz. I mean, I don't even know if they give out that award anymore, but Markel yeah. Fultz is your guy. Like he, after the all-star break last year. And I, and I think that's significant because he came back from his ACL injury after the all-star break last year. So all-star break at the end of the season, he averaged around 16 points per game, six, seven assists per game was shooting at a, you know, he shoot, he's not a great three point shooter, but he's willing to shoot threes. So he's not yeah. like Ben Simmons. Who's not shooting threes at all. He will shoot threes when he's comfortable shooting threes. But he still shot like 50%. He is an excellent mid-range jump shooter. He gets to the basket. If he could, you know, this Magic team is going to be all about controlling turnovers, as most young teams are. But like, Mark, like he cut the hair. He's he's back to looking like Washington Markel Fultz. It, 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 hopefully that that hopefully the the spirits are are back with him there because people forget how good and dynamic he was at Washington. Yeah, like the Magic, the Magic do feel very comfortable about their point guard spot. A, a lot of you know, a lot of like the national media is like, what are the magic could do at point guard? And like all the magic fans are like, we got Markel Fultz. We don't need to do anything at point guard. We, we got our, we got our guy and we'll see, we'll see if that parlays it to a new contract or not. Cause it's a contract year for Markel Fultz, but Fultz, Fultz is, Fultz is really good. And I don't, I, I don't think the wider NBA world appreciates that because of the perceptions around him from before. There's a reason he went over Jason Tatum, Lonzo Ball, Josh Jackson, everyone else. That I mean, the dude was an absolute killer in college. Still, hasn't fully figured out the shot like people thought he would, but still is an absolute killer. All right, uh, Philip. Before I let you go, can you tell everyone um, who's was looking for more Orlando Magic coverage where they can find all your work? Yeah, the best place to find my work, um, besides listening to Locked On Magic every day, is uh, at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Uh, this you know, post still posting at least something every day. Uh, very strong. We're doing our player outlooks right now as uh, we, we count down to the beginning of training camp. Uh, but yeah, Orlando magic daily.com is, is your place for Orlando magic content. Uh, follow, you can follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD or at O magic daily. All right. Thanks so much, Philip. So for locked on Knicks for locked on magic, that's it for this one. I'm on the locked on Knicks end of things. Plenty more team previews to come as we make our way through the Eastern conference and player previews. And I'm sure you can find a lot of the same on locked on magic, but until next time, we'll talk to you soon.
I want to thank Gavin for having me on Locked On Knicks and doing a crossover episode with me. Uh, you can check him out uh, at Locked On Knicks. The Twitter handle was uh, on beforehand. So just uh, if you're watching on YouTube, at least it's beforehand. You can rewind to, to get that. Um, but check him out on Locked On Knicks. Check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast. We're going to actually have another guest on tomorrow's show uh, to chat more about rebuilding and rebuilding philosophies and where the magic are at uh, in comparison to some of their rebuilding friends and the teams we're going to see in the 2028 NBA Finals. But that's for tomorrow. I want to thank you today for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in Himway, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. Related to the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicGala.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at OMagicGala. And don't forget to subscribe to the Orlando Magic Hub on Patreon, my Patreon page, for just a little bit extra Orlando Magic information. Certainly going to pick up once the season begins. That's going to do it for me today. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll be talking more rebuilding philosophy with another guest. So busy, busy week here on Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.